welcome to Mormonish, where we are finding ways to live a joyful life on the other side of Mormonism. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And this is our very first episode. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're calling it Meet the Mormonishes. I love that. A little pun on... To get us started. That's right. Exactly. No, I love it. So welcome, everybody. The idea for this podcast came about because we started to interact and meet with all kinds of people that are on the other side of Mormonism. And by that, we mean maybe you're a post-Mormon, or maybe you consider yourself an ex-Mormon, or maybe you're a nuanced Mormon and you're still attending church, but you're gravitating toward being involved in other projects. And we thought there are so many wonderful people out there doing so many incredible things. Is there a place where we could talk to these people and learn more about their stories? And we thought, why don't we just start a place like that and call it Mormonish? There you go. And, and I, I've met so many neat people since I've got out of the church. And when, you know, when I first left the church, it was very difficult because I, I didn't find community. I couldn't find people who shared the same, uh, belief or the same struggles that I had as I was leaving. And once I started finding that community, it, it was so helpful. And so uh, the idea behind Mormonish is that we want to be able to find those people, show what they're doing, show the excitement that they're bringing. They might be doing service. They might be doing activities that uh, that they now have time to do now that they're out of the church. And they might- That's be a good point. <laughs> You've got that second Saturday now, or they might be growing in, in other ways. And we want to highlight that and, and project that in our in our podcast. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to meet these people and to, to help other people to see the way to go through uh, that we can thrive after after Mormonism. No, I love that idea. I'm so excited about it, too. And not only talking to people, but also um, talking about topics and subjects that might be relevant to people that are finding life creating community and moving on after Mormonism. So I think we have a lot of things to cover and I think it's going to be a wonderful journey. I'm super excited. Yeah, I, I think we've all left, you, you know, we all still have relatives or family or uh, siblings who are still in the church. And so the church is still a big part of our life, even if we may have left it, even if we uh, may be uh, angry at sometimes, uh, we, we still have left it, but it's still a part of our life. And that's why we call this Mormonish because we're Mormonish, it's always going to be a part of our life. And that's what we want to include in there. So we thought that, you know, maybe the best way to start our first podcast might be to introduce ourselves and kind of tell everyone who we are. And, and Rebecca, you've been around uh, doing quite a few things uh, since you've, since you've been outside of Mormonism, I guess you could say, uh, you started a book club, you started the, uh, the good book club. And also then you spun that off and you're doing the good Me media club, which are web pages and, and a club that's been going on for quite some time, two and a half years. And you're also doing a lot, uh, several podcasts. You're doing a Mormon media review with Steve Pinecker. And recently you're about to start doing uh, the Mormon stories book club that you're going to be starting up. So you've been very busy. Uh, our, our, our listener might know who you are. Uh, <laughs> I love that listener. Even that might be a little bit optimistic to begin with. <laughs> well, my wife is going to listen. So we've got at least one listener. <laughs> okay. And I think I can convince my husband to listen. So maybe we'll have two listeners to begin two with. Two downloads. <laughs> when we get to three, we'll know we've made some progress. <laughs> That's it. We're shooting for the big three. So come on, everybody. Tune in, like, and subscribe. <laughs> That's right. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What, what's your, what did, how did you start into this whole uh, media 
conglomeration that you're part of now. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm a conglomeration. No, well, when you read that list of things that I'm involved in, it sounds like all I do is sit in front of my computer. And maybe that is true. But no, my story is is kind of interesting, maybe different from others who are on the other side of Mormonism. I was raised um, by very orthodox Mormon parents. I was raised in the church, but I always considered myself PIMO, and that's physically in, mentally out, meaning that although we were doing everything in the church, everything you could possibly imagine, I just never really uh, believed it uh, or was on board with it. But of course, I never knew I could do anything differently, if that makes sense. Oh, I absolutely. mean, yep. <laughs> understand that, right? I mean, especially being um, a girl or a woman in the church in the 70s and 80s, you just sort of went with the flow. And my parents, my parents, my family, we were very devout, you know, ate only food storage, made furniture out of food storage. I know some of you know what I'm talking about on that one. Um, very little access to outside media. We could watch things from the Meeting House Library. I never knew who Gilligan was or Scooby-Doo until I was much older, you know, this kind of upbringing. And I have to say, you know more about Mormon media than anyone I have ever met. You can name any any video, any church video, you 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 can nail it, and you'll, you'll know the names of the people. It's incredible to see. So you've really got a great knowledge of that. Well, that's because those were the only things I was allowed to watch. So, <laughs> like I said, a lot of you know religious knowledge, but otherwise not so much. So, um, so being raised that way, you know, and and just never really believing anything that I was hearing, which is so funny. And maybe people can't understand that. Maybe there are some of you out there that do understand. But my dad has a funny story that I told before to him. It's a funny story of him helping me give my tithing to the bishop when I was under five years old. I was very little. And I said to him afterwards, well, how do you know he doesn't steal that? And to my dad, that's a very funny story. But to me, I say, way to go, little critical thinker. You know, it may not be what you think, you know. There but you that being said, being raised in the 70s and 80s church, um, it was actually wonderful as far as activities and things like that went. And, and I never felt the pull to leave. Truth claims weren't really a thing back then. So, you know, just a lot of fun. Friends and road shows and talent shows and dance festivals and our young men, young women activities, it was called mutual back then. Of course, that dates me. We're basically like, hey, do you want to go hang out at the river and go water skiing? I mean, it was a lot of fun. And so just never really thought of doing anything else. Um, I went to BYU. I got my master's in library and information science, hence all the book clubs that I started. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and then I worked at the BYU library for, um, I think, a decade and a half. Wow. And I got that must have been fascinating. Uh, did you did you work with any of the special collections or any of the uh, those things uh, that, or find anything while you were looking? Through yeah, the books no, that that, that I think we may do a whole episode on that because that's kind of how I first started to learn that there might be something different to church history that I wasn't really aware of before. And so I think we'll save that part of the story maybe for an episode because of Mormonish be because. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, but I, I married in the temple at the time. I raised a family, but I always was, I don't know, in, but not of the church, if that makes sense. I was always finding ways, especially when I first had kids, oh, my children aren't fe feeling well. I guess I need to go home. So I was always just kind of flitting around the edges of it, if that makes sense to you. Oh, yes. And 
I just never really, really taken a hard look at it. Um, socially, that's what you did. I live in the heart of the heart of the heart of Utah County. So it was just much easier just to re remain in. And there was really no reason not to. So the first time that I ever sort of had a little moment where I thought, oh, my, this may not be um, something that's good or healthy for my family is uh, when my older son, who was just a teenager at the time, started showing great anxiety and stress over being at church and the high performance aspect of it, the high control, especially Bishop's interviews. We may even want to do an episode on on that kind of thing. I think a lot of our listener, <laughs> maybe <laughs> listeners now, um, have experience with that kind of trauma. And so at one point, I really did have to make the decision, um, my child's mental health or having him go to church. And I instantly said, oh, you can just stay home. And at that point, you know, he's at home, I'm attending and I'm at church going, oh, my my little guy's at home. I better go home and check on him. It started giving me some distance and it started me down a path of looking at things in a different way. So at that point, <laughs> I would only accept callings in primary um, because I figured that was sort of a safe space. Um, I don't feel that way now. I have some definite views on primary and indoctrination that we, not, I'm planning all our episodes right here just yep. by talking. So <laughs> we, we've got, we've got a month's worth right here. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry, write this down so we don't forget. Um, so I would, I was really good at showing up at church after sacrament meeting because I didn't want to attend and sort of pretending to people in the hall that I had been there just saying, oh, wasn't that talk on the Book of Mormon good? As long as I said Book of Mormon, <laughs> I pretty much had covered it. Someone was bound to have mentioned the Book of Mormon. So, and then going off to do my primary calling. And I just did this for a long time into my fifties, uh, which is why sometimes I think my story, maybe it's tragic, you know, that I never believed yet I stayed for decades. And finally, I think I just got to a point and an age where I was able to give myself permission to say, you know what, I don't necessarily want to do this anymore. And I wonder what else there is that I could do on the other side of this. And so basically about a month or so before COVID, which is perfect timing, I've heard so many people say that COVID was such perfect timing for them. I just sent a text um, to the primary presidency and said, I think I'm going to be just taking a break and stepping away. And then of course, with COVID that just turned into everyone taking a break and that was it. So that's, that's in a nutshell, kind of where I arrived at, at where I am. But the focus of our show, of course, our program is going to be what are we doing on the other side? And so my background in libraries and reading and book clubs, I started getting involved in um, post-Mormon social media on the different sites that are out there. And I started noticing that post-Mormons seem to be, oh my goodness, just avid readers. It's almost like they were playing catch up, if you know what I mean. Just, Those lazy learners that just, uh, yeah, don't, don't oh. read it all. Yes. And yet, yet I find the same thing that they're reading, they're studying, they're, they're grabbing. They want, they want the church to be true, but they just can't make it work. <laughs> yep. No, they lazy learner. Oh, that just made me, we'll do another episode on that because yeah, that was infuriating <laughs> to me. Yeah. So, and not only were they reading about church history to try to arrive at what, what the hell happened, <laughs> yeah. but they were also reading just every other topic, almost in a way of catching up. Because as you know, when you're deeply immersed in the church, there's a lot to read 
but it's all in the church and approved sources. It's your, you know, your lesson manuals and your ensign and your conference talks, your scriptures. Come follow me. There's so much to read. It doesn't leave a lot of room for other things. And the church, I think, maybe sort of encourages you not to read a lot of other things because you might come across information that's a little, you know, contradicting to what they're telling you. So um, I started weighing in on different books that people were reading on social media. And I had mentioned my background in librarianship and somebody kind of dared me. They said, I dare you to start the first, uh, I don't know if it's the first, but to start a post-Mormon book club. And for our listeners, this is how Landon and I actually connected. We met as random anonymous people on Reddit because he, uh, he was a person that said, well, I love to read and I would love to help with something like that. And then a few other people chimed in. Hopefully those people will also be guests on our show because they're amazing too. And we created what we called the good book club, which is kind of a pun on you know, the good book. And we just kind of threw it out there. Does anybody want to read anything? Kind of with the idea. And Landon's wife, Melinda, actually came up with this phrase. It's kind of our our cornerstone of our book club, which is now we know what we don't believe or believe as much. Now we need to figure out what we do believe. And we consider ourselves readers and we do that through reading. And so we just kind of put the call out and we have, gosh, I think we have almost 300 members on our rolls now and we read a book a month and we talk about topics and all of it through the lens of Mormonism. So it was interesting to note that when we first started the book club, a lot of people, everybody wanted to read like No Man Knows My History or Rough Stone Rolling or, you know, very Mormon centric topics. And then as we kind of move along, we just gravitate toward other things. What's going on in philosophy? What about geography, geology, art? Again, maybe playing catch up and, and working on your worldview, your world perspective on the other side of Mormonism. So that's how I spent my time. <laughs> yes, you know, and and we met all those people on Reddit, and none of them were mass murderers. It was yeah. everybody was was yeah. neat people. We just met so many neat people, and we have so many uh, friends that we like to get with all over the country. That because because the book Good Book Club is virtual, uh, so anyone anywhere in the country can can join us. And so we've just met people all over the country, and anytime we travel, we try to go and, and meet with them because they've just become such friends and such a good community. So you, you've really created something wonderful there. You know, I, I'm excited every month when we have when we do the book club. So uh, it's yeah, been a and, and right back at you for having created something because that's exactly right. You know, it took a lot of work behind the scenes, and and Lana's wife Melinda jumped in and helped, and my husband Tom jumped in to help, and we talked about our other founding member. Um, his name is Bruce. He lives in California and he helps with all, all of our tech, but it's just, it almost seems like people on the other side of Mormonism are also looking for a place to have community and looking for a way to help. I mean, everybody is so generous and wonderful in the ways that they're helping with this project. And, and again, another reason why we started Mormonish, because we thought we would love to hear more people's story and hear more about what they're doing. So don't you think it's, it's neat when we, when we have, we, we do a mix and mingle after our book club, we do, we do the books and then we we just sit around and talk with all the all the different members and some we, we get the new people and it's amazing as as new people come in some are really hurting and struggling and others are are there just excited to find a club but everyone's story is is just so unique and so interesting but everyone welcomes them with with open arms and it's a group that I wouldn't have have previously associated with we've got uh, we've got married people. We've got single people. We have 
uh, gay people, we have trans people, and it's given me a perspective that I never would have thought of before. And I see things from so many different perspectives now. So uh, that's what we hope to bring to this is, is opening up and looking at those other perspectives and see, see how that turns out for us. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. And you just have the opportunity to meet so many different people from wide and varied backgrounds and places and ages, and everyone gets along and you can learn so much from everybody. So it's absolutely wonderful. So now enough about me, <laughs> right? <laughs> now I'll ask Landon uh, the same question back. I'll get all serious like an Oprah moment. So tell <laughs> us your story, Landon. <laughs> oh, my story. Fascinating. So you're going to want to listen to this for sure. Yeah, no. My, I don't think my story is that fascinating, but uh, I'll, I'll share what I do. I, I think this is the part where usually on these podcasts, you say, oh, I came from Mormon stock. In my case, uh, it was more, maybe more the Mormon stockade. We've got a <laughs> lot of, you know, people who are a little uh, iffy, maybe some, I do have relatives who have served some time. So uh, it, I definitely came from a, a, a family that wasn't a long line of Mormons. Uh, however, my parents were were uh, strong Mormons, and I had a wonderful childhood. I, I can't say enough, the neighbors, the people. And just like you said, growing up, there were so many activities that I was involved with. And it, uh, the, the church then would would do the road shows and, and the scouting programs and the camping. And, and I just enjoyed uh, my childhood. Uh, eventually, you know, you, you, you graduate from high school and it's time to go on to, uh, to a mission. Uh, and I followed all the steps that you're supposed to follow. Uh, you know, I, I got my Eagle Scout when I was 13 years old. Uh, I did all the priesthood advancements. I was a very motivated person. I started, uh, I wanted to, to fly. Uh, aviation was something I wanted to do. So at 16 years old, I went out, I got my pilot's license. I was working on that. Uh, decided, hey, I can't afford this flying. So I, I applied for an arm uh, for an ROTC scholarship and I, I got an ROTC scholarship to help pay for all of that as I went through school. And I thought this is a great way to pay for flying uh, in the future is have the military take care of it. So I went in uh, with that understanding. I, I went up to school and then uh, I had to take a break because as everyone knows, 19 years old, back then it was 19, uh, it's time for a mission. And I I had to check the box. I knew I, I always knew I was going to go. And you were so a box checker, a box I'm checker. Sure, absolutely. I'm sure nobody out there can relate to that. No, yet. no one. The, the church checker. doesn't at all put a plan that you sit there and check yeah. the marks off. But that that was exactly what I was doing. So it was time to go on a mission. Never had a question about whether I was going to go on a mission. And and so I turned in my papers and I remember the day the call came and everyone's excited. Then it came in the mail. You didn't get these emails, you know, and at the post office. Uh, would actually call. I'm from a Mormon town, you know, they'd call your mission calls here at six in the morning, you know, and you'd run down and get it. And and uh, it was so exciting. So dramatic. And it's just it, it so was, dramatic. It, it was. It, it, we didn't have the big get togethers everyone has now, but we, you know, the family got together and everything. And I opened it up and got my call. And, you know, the Lord has called you to serve in the Indianapolis, Indiana mission. And I just went, Oh, someone That's made a, a mistake. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> bum, bum, <laughs> yeah. It's like someone made a mistake, you know. Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here because I was so, you know, I was going to be in the military. I was going to be a pilot. I'm going, I, I love to travel. I love adventure. Certainly they're going to send me somewhere adventurous or, you know. I went to Indiana. So no offense to any of our listener in Indiana. Please. No, no, our, our listener in Indiana. <laughs> that's right. So I I I did my thing. I went, I uh, got out in the mission field. And once I got serving, I realized 
yeah, the Lord did make a mistake. I should not have been in it. Yeah. It breaking moment. Is that yeah, what you're it saying? never really connected with me? There were some wonderful families that I met there. Uh, but as far as teaching there, there was just uh, the baptisms rate were so low and there was just nobody there to, te to teach. And, and it was pretty disappointing, quite frankly. In fact, when I came home from my mission, I, I'm like, I've got to give a talk on something that I've been doing for the last two years, but I don't have any really faith promoting stories. So I ended up giving my homecoming talk on Satan uh, and the power of Satan, because that is what I saw in the mission. Well, there you go. So much. So <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant way to get around it. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I gave. And so after that, I, I, I went to college and, of course, had checked the next box, which obviously is marriage. Uh, so I met my wife as a, when I went away to school uh, at Utah State. We met, we married. And as we got close to, to graduation, of course, next checkbox, you got to have the child. So uh, we had a child just before I graduated. Uh, but I, I ran into a problem that flying I was trying to do. Uh, well, I, I I went to the military and you, you kind of have to put in what you want to do. And I didn't get selected for flying. I got selected for communications because of my eyesight. Uh, so Oh, no. I ended up not getting to fly. And I ended up, even though I had all my ratings and everything, I ended up going into the military. And that was that was a, a, a growing experience for me because we moved away right away. Uh, and then I got my assignment to Korea. And I went to Korea, had to leave my, my child behind, had to leave my wife behind for a year uh, and, and went to Korea. And then when I came home, uh, I went to Fort Lewis in Washington. And as a 25-year-old second lieutenant, I got put in the bishopric. So I'm 25 <laughs> years old, high priest, uh, right yeah. away, and, and started serving in the bishopric. And all of the people from all the ROTCs from across the uh, country would come to Fort Lewis in the summer to train. And I was responsible for conducting those services when they'd come. And so it was quite an experience from that standpoint. But after a couple of years, I just figured it wasn't right for a family. And I moved, uh, we, we moved uh, to, to the Portland area. And when we did that, I got a new calling. I was the early morning seminary teacher. So I got to spend time doing early morning seminary and, and doing all of those things. And I have to say, I was, I have always been all in. I was about as TBM as you come. A uh, true believing Mormon. For those who don't know, I. So we were I, absolutely the opposite. I was yes. a never believing, just going through the motions, and you were all on board. And I think that's one of the great things on this uh, podcast is that we can see it. We'll get to see two perspectives. You know, someone who really wasn't believing, and then me who was all in, and then my shelf just broke. Um, you know, because I I studied a lot. Uh, you know, for my for my seminary classes and for my. Uh, the teaching I did, I, I served in several bishoprics. Uh, I was I was all in and I was all believing. Uh, but one time I was just sitting in sacrament meeting and and or at Sunday school and and we were talking uh, and we we're going through the uh, Book of Abraham and I was looking at my uh, at those little facsimiles you know that they have in the in the book. It's and the I, only interesting thing to look yes, at, right? Yeah, the you got to do something. The Book of Mormon <laughs> and the Egyptian. Really, it's the only interesting thing to do. I think we all entertained. I think we all do that. Look at the maps in the back yep. of the Bible while the class is yep. going. Yep. yep, that's. So I was looking through those, and I just, I just uh, seen a show the day before on the Rosetta Stone, and 
how uh, people could read, how we learned to read Egyptian, that prior to about the 1840s or 1850s, there was hardly anyone in the world who could read uh, uh, Egyptian. And so I said, you know, I thought I was brilliant. I thought I was the first person who ever came up with this idea. I'm going, well, this is Egyptian. And Joseph Smith translated the Egyptian. And since we know that's true, why don't we get an Egyptologist to look at this and tell us what it says? <laughs> Famous last Famous word. last words. Oh so goodness. I came home from church. I got on the the slow internet, you know, the ding, yeah. the, the, the AOL internet that back you did in back day. in the day. And I looked it up and I'm like, I, I said, I'm going to go to the BYU website because I don't trust the other websites, obviously. And I went to the BYU website and I looked it up and I found out that they did know what the translation was, that Egyptologists had already looked at it and that they had translated it and I could read exactly what it said. And boy, that concerned me. That really broke broke my shelf at that point. So that that's kind of where it started. And from that point, I started, I, I took four years where I just studied everything I could I could find. And I, I, I said, I'm not going to look at church books, but I'm not going to look at things that are against the church. I'm just going to look at sec secular books that talk about history, that talk about religion, that talk about linguistics, that talk about DNA, uh, the anthropology, archaeology. And I just started reading everything I could. And I started finding that in the sciences, everything lined up. It, it, all these books were complementing each other, but they weren't doing that the same thing with the Book of Mormon to me. And so that that's what really broke my shelf. And so uh, after several uh, years, four years, I took every one of the standard works and spent a year and studied books that were related to that, to that, uh, you know, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the, the Book of Mormon, and just things that happened in that time frame. And after I found that out, I, 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 uh, I, I just had come to the realization, this is not what it what it appears to be. And so I had to tell my wife that, and I went in, and and uh, that's the first time I, I didn't know what hyperventilate. You know, I've always seen the hyperventilation in a bag, but when I told her, I yeah. don't believe anymore. She she started hyperventilating, and yeah. and it it was it was a difficult. But you basically time. told her we're not going to be together. Yeah, yeah that's what she I mean, yep. You really are our taking family, our family. Every, yeah, you're basically taking everything away. So that yep. is a panic attack moment. And I think as we talk to other people, many of them have had experiences like this, either themselves, if their spouse left first or telling someone. So yeah, it's a rough, rough moment. It, it is a rough road. And I had a, I had a missionary out at the time. Uh, I had I had two other sons who were uh, going to be going on missions. And, and so she asked me, not to tell the kids. And and I had to, you know, you have that, hmm, as the father, I feel like I need to protect them. Uh, I feel like they should know this before they make these decisions in their life. But on the other hand, I'd made an agreement that this is how we were going to raise our children. And they had girlfriends who were LDS and they had their friends and they were expecting a mission call and, and all of that. So I ended up kind of just standing back and saying, okay, I won't say anything. Uh, uh, but eventually there comes that point where a child has to be blessed or, 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 or uh, mission call or uh, temple. They're going to go to the temple or you need to give them the priesthood. And we got to that point. And I finally had to say, you know, there, there's no leaving Mormonism behind. 
you know, people say, why don't you just leave? Well, it's, it's not that easy. And I didn't want to tell my family, but I was forced out because I said, I can't go to the temple and I can't do this because I don't believe. And yeah. So there are those touch points that force you, force you into feel. like yeah. when my middle son left on his mission, um, I didn't go through the temple with him and nobody really, I mean, they knew that I was gravitating away, but they didn't really ask me, but that's a moment where you really have to show everybody what's private to you inside because you're not allowed to do that at worst for a male. I think you're not going to be giving a blessing or you're not going to be baptizing someone, but yeah, there are definitely milestones on the covenant path. If I can use one of my very least favorite phrases, yes, mine too. To come uh. up with lately. another episode there, <laughs> there are moments where you're very private thoughts and journey that you're going through are forced out into the open. Yeah. And that's what we realized is we, we can't, do, we can't do that. So just maybe two months before my son uh, was going to go into the, the mission field, uh, he was getting ready to go to the temple and, and I had to, we just gathered around as a family. And I said, you know, kids, uh, I, I just don't believe anymore. And I'm not going to tell you why, but if you ever want to know, you're free to ask me and, I, and I'll share with you what, what I can. I won't hide anything from you. And, and they didn't, they didn't uh, uh, ask me anything uh, from that point. My son ended up going on a mission to Romania um, during, but then COVID happened. And COVID was one of those funny things, you know, because as a, 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 a I had I had gone to the bishop uh, when I when I didn't show up for tithing settlement, the bishop called me. In Another and, touchstone. What's going on? Why aren't you coming in for tithing settlement? And and he knew that I was was kind of out and stuff. And he kept asking my wife, and she said, "You need to talk to him. You need to talk to him." Uh, so he called me in and I just, I unloaded on him and he's a, a wonderful man. He went to Indiana also on his mission, uh, same mission. Uh, and, and so, you know, at that, at that point, uh, I, I was pretty much out and, and I stopped going and, and at first I thought, oh, this is kind of cool, uh, that, that I can, I've got Sundays to myself. The family's going off to church. This is great. And then COVID came and ruined it all. They ruined my faith journey. You know, I'm they like came home, right? You had also nobody had to go to church. I'm like, I went to church for 15 years, three hours a day. And all of a sudden they change it to two hours and nobody has to go. And they're all sitting at home through COVID. And I'm going, and, and now I'm going out on the lake and there's all my neighbors out on the lake uh, when we'd go boating. And I'm going, it's Sunday. You should be in church. You guys are still in. Leave me alone. <laughs> wow. Well, you were a trendsetter for maybe like a week and a then week, everybody yeah. else came in. Maybe you yeah. had that week. So, but you did discover second Saturday I, and I, I, I discovered. think that kind of segues into some of the things that you've gotten more involved in yes. um, on the other side, which is very exciting. Yeah, actually. So my wife was still in and, and, and I was out. Um, and so you know, you always have that. How do we deal with Sunday? You know, what do we do with Sunday? And so we we made an agreement and and we said, you know what? I said, I love to travel. I love to do adventurous things. Why don't every other Sunday we'll go somewhere and we'll do something and then we'll start we'll start a, a, a travel blog. And and then on the Sunday that we're back, I can stay home and work on the travel blog and you can go to church. And so that was the compromise we made. And so we started a website. It was called utahwanders.com. It's st still there. Um, although I've been so busy, it doesn't get 
updated as often as it should. <laughs> You're doing the fun part, the travel, but not the actual entry. Exactly. The so we started posting it. things and and uh, about Utah and, and places to travel near Utah and around Utah. And COVID happened and you could still go out and do things. So that's what we did. We went and did things all through there. And 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 that just got us into adventure and, and we really enjoyed it. And then, as you said, one day I was going through Reddit and uh, I saw your post about starting a book club and I, I contacted you and said, I'm really interested. This is my type of thing. I love to talk about these things. Yeah, I can't find anyone who will talk to me about these. Everyone ignores me. No, but I'm dangerous, I guess. Um, and so we, we, we got together and we started, started the book club. And as that, not only did we start a book club, but we started a friendship and we started inviting you and Tom, and we started going places and traveling. And, and it was amazing because we would go and we'd see the geology and we'd just sit and look and say, how did we believe that the earth was only 6,000 years old? <laughs> look at, you can see those layers in the geology as we'd go and, 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 ride ATVs or we'd go to museums and we'd look at the dinosaurs and we'd look at the history and we'd go, wow, the evolution seems to be lining up. Look at these skulls. And it, it just opened our eyes so much. And that's what we're hoping to do with this, with this podcast is, is to get people out there and say, there is so many exciting things to do. There are so many things out there to explore, to experience that you never experienced because you were always locked in a church on Sunday. And now you've got that second Saturday, you can get out there, you can do what you uh, love to do. And you've got that extra day, you can go a lot further when you got an extra day, and you don't have to be back on Saturday night to get everyone ready for church. And so extra resources too, I think also maybe if you're not, you yeah, know, probably about 10% more resources than you had before. <laughs> 10% would be it. Yeah. And, and when you say locked in the building on Sunday, I also feel you're also just locked, you know, almost metaphorically. Um, I always think about the pose at church. It's like this, you know, your head's down, yep. your eyes are closed, your arms are folded into yourself. And when you come out on the other side, you open your eyes, you lift your head, you open your arms to receive. And there's so many different things out there, so many things to be involved in that you're almost like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like we like we say when we always look at the mountains and 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 as we look at the nature, as we go and explore these things, we always say, there's the post-Mormons temple. Yeah. Nature, the earth. That's yeah. our post-Mormon temple. Right. This earth is gorgeous. It's incredible. There is so much here to experience and see. And God, being out in those outdoors and experiencing those things compared to Sunday and, and, yeah. and sitting in church saying, those people out on their boats, they're they must be hating today. You know, they're they're miserable. Sure, they look happy, but they must be miserable. <laughs> I testify that's not true. <laughs> Ooh, we're already starting I to love, testify. I love so. going boating. <laughs> I love well, experiences. Well, you're, you're kind of some hellfire and brimstone. I there. am. I am. I but you wouldn't be thumping a Bible, maybe thumping a roadmap. I don't know what you're thumping. I, I, well, that's right. That's right. But you know, on the other hand, my family is still active. All of my, all of my, uh, I have forty nieces and nephews, and they're all going on missions. They're all doing their things. And, and I'm interested in that. I, I'm interested in their life and I want to stay that way. So what changes happen in the church, they still affect me, even though I'm not attending, they still affect me all the time. In fact, my son just went to, uh, to, to college at UVU. And the first thing he finds is, you know, even though he doesn't go to church anymore, 
everything is set up by wards, their floors and everything. And, and they come and they get them and everybody, all the girls he goes, uh, that he hangs out with, they all go to the ward. And, and so it's hard to, to, to navigate that. And so that's what we're hoping to do is find some ways to, and, and talk to people and say, what are you doing to navigate this? What resources have you found? What programs have you found? What adventures have you found that really have changed your life or made it dif- made a difference? No, and that, you're absolutely right. And that's why when people say, why can't you leave it alone? We can't leave it alone because we're still Mormon-ish. Mormon. There is no way around it. My youngest son just left on a mission. It's week two in the field for him. So <laughs> we're surrounded, we're inundated, and we, we're happy and fine supporting family and friends in their journey. And we hope they would support us in our journey and we can all get along and exist together and flourish together. So I think moving forward with the podcast, um, what we're going to do is we're going to have hopefully a lot of you on just to talk about a little bit about your story and a little bit about what you're doing now. And we'll also address some topics that are relevant to being a post-Mormon or a nuanced Mormon. And I think it'll just go from there and hopefully just grow into something that's beneficial to people. I know it's going to be beneficial to us, even just preparing to do this and talking about it. I've I thought of so many things that I've never thought of before and topics that we want to talk about and just ways of thinking about things. So, yeah, this has been so fun trying to put this together. You know, if we only have the two listeners ever, it was fun to get here. We really enjoyed putting it's this together to meet you too. That's right. That's right. We want to meet both of them, <laughs> but it, it's been so fun putting this together and and we do, we want to hear from our listeners and we hope to bring other topics in, you know, that, that are interesting to post-Mormons uh, whenever there's, uh, you know, s- stories about, we may discuss what's in the media or what's changed and we'll try to be, you know, try not, there's always that time you get a little bit, uh, oh, that's just frustrating and it comes out a little bit, but we want to try to be positive and, and, and look at how that affects our lives and, and those of our loved ones and and talk about that. So I, I, I don't think we're going to limit it just to to stories about people, but we want to talk about, you know, things that are interesting to, to ex-Mormons and things that uh, uh, we, we've got some real, some guests that we know also that we're uh, hoping to bring on uh, that are maybe a little bit more known in the Mormon world, uh, ex-Mormon world, uh, but we want to meet them and see how they're doing and how they're flourishing. So it's going to be a little bit of everything, uh, interviewing, talking, news, whatever, whatever, Seems interesting. Maybe a musical number. I a understand. Uh, I can't amazing do that. Voice. <laughs> but but you, the drummer, uh, you might play your drums or something. Ooh, I was in a garage band back in the day. We'll see. A garage we'll band see. drummer. We'll take requests from our listener. That's what we'll do. So, do you want to go through very quickly, Landon, how people could connect with us right up front? Because we'd love to hear your ideas or your thoughts or what we can do differently or what we should keep doing. Um, we just want to start making connections. So. So how are the different ways that you can reach out to Mormonish? Well, we're a little older, so this technology stuff is a little bit of a challenge. We're trying to get it all working, <laughs> but we we do have a Mormonish uh, podcast on on Facebook, mm-hmm. so you can get to us on Facebook. Uh, we've also got uh, Instagram account uh, Mormonish podcast on Instagram. Uh, we'll we'll also have a website uh, that that we'll put out there, and we've got. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of all the different platforms that we got well, out the there. The podcast should be available on all the different platforms. Yeah, on we'll all the different YouTube platforms. Channel, and then we'll be like on Apple and Spotify and we'll put all that together. Yep, so. We'll get it all out there. We'll find a teenager to help us with TikTok. That, that's right. TikTok, we're not there yet. Uh, so we're, that, maybe that'll be another show, us trying to figure out how to do TikTok. You know what? I, that would be wildly entertaining and frustrating for people probably. Why can't these guys get it? You know, yeah. That, that's that's exactly right. right. So we'll, we'll put something on the on the end for those that have the video video uh, of where you can where you can contact us but hopefully you share it with your friends and and say hey you know this is a, a a neat thing and and call us let us know email us uh we'll put the email out there and let us know what you're uh what you're doing and and hey i know somebody who really is fascinating that you guys ought to talk to that's what we want to hear and that's who we want to talk to so yeah we're crowdsourcing our content the best that, way to do it right that's exactly absolutely, it. So, absolutely. wow well this was not as painful as i thought it would be it was just fun it was just talking so i had a great time did you have a good time oh i i did i i was a little nervous at first this yeah. being my first time i'm not yeah. the pro you are i haven't oh, been on I all the, all the a podcast pro. but uh <laughs> no it was fun and and i look forward to it so. Yep. So we'll be signing off for our first episode here. So everybody keep joyful and look for more information and episodes and content from us. And please um, comment. Let us know what you'd like to see too. So join us here on Mormonish. Thank Bye. you, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.